Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, October 25th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen each day. The New York Jets embarrassed themselves yesterday. No other way to put it. They were defeated by the New England Patriots 54-13 in Foxborough. And even worse, they may have lost their quarterback. We'll talk about all that and more today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was an utterly disgraceful performance yesterday by the New York Jets. They lost 54 to 13. 54 to 13. Let me repeat that one more time. The Jets lost to the Patriots 54 to 13. They are now 1 in 5 on the 2021 season. Under no circumstances is a performance like that ever acceptable. Much less coming off your bye when you had two weeks to prepare for this game. Two weeks. Two weeks, Robert Sala. That's the best you could come up with. Two weeks, Mike LaFleur. That's the best you could come up with. Jeff Albrecht. Not to mention the players who had two weeks to refresh. Two weeks to get themselves ready for this game. Just a pathetic performance by the Jets. And calling it pathetic is underselling how bad this was. They were never even competitive in this game. And as bad as the performance was for the Jets, as bad as the final score was, as pathetic as the effort was, that was not the worst news from this game because the Jets lost Zach Wilson in the first half to an injury. He took a couple of hits on back-to-back plays, and I'm going to be charitable and say that those hits were both borderline. They did not draw a flag on either one. I wonder whether the first hit was actually what injured him because the reports are that it may be a knee injury and his knee did not move in a good direction after that first one. Then on the next play, he took another big hit, and that's what knocked him out of the game, and he did not return. As bad as the game was, losing Zach Wilson would be even worse because we've talked about how this year is all about progress, and nowhere is progress more important than the quarterback. We will learn more about Wilson's status today. In fact, there's a very good chance tomorrow's show is going to be all about what we find out about Zach Wilson's injury. And based on the way Mike White played, which was no surprise, you really hope Zach's okay. I mean, you hope Zach's okay, first of all, because you want him to be okay. And because so much of this season is based on him making progress. But this team, I'm not sure this team can win a game with Mike White playing quarterback. Mike White was unsurprisingly just awful in this game once he got in there. But so were the rest of the Jets. The Jets were just not ready to play this game. They were not competitive from the opening kickoff. Patriots got the ball right off the bat, went down the, went down the field in four plays. They scored on a trick play, and I think this was a play where the Patriots maybe saw something. Maybe they knew the Jets were inexperienced because it was a trick play. They had a wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, throw a pass to Nelson Aguilar. Kind of seemed like the Jets had it read. Bourne was running to the outside with the ball, and Aguilar kind of faked a block on Bryce Hall and then released deep, and he was open for an easy touchdown. You know, give give the Patriots credit. They did a good job there. But, I mean, they went right down the field in four plays. Can Cannot happen right out, right out of your bye. And the Jets get the ball back, and this was a sequence that drove me crazy. First series for the Jets. You've had two weeks to get ready. 
two weeks to figure out how are we going to put our young quarterback in the best position possible. Well, Mike LaFleur decides to run it on first and second down. And this virtually guarantees, unless somebody breaks a big run, it guarantees that your quarterback's first pass is going to be in a high-pressure, high-stress situation, a third down. It's third and long, where the Patriots have the, the entire defensive playbook at their disposal. They can do whatever they want, and they send a slot blitz, and the Jets don't pick it up. Zach doesn't really recognize it, and he takes a sack. I mean, you want to put your quarterback in a position where it's likely he's going to have an easy play, an easy completion. What's Mike LaFleur do? He puts Zach in a high-stress situation, a difficult situation, a third and long for his first pass. I mean, come on. And the Jets punt the ball away, and the Patriots go right down the field again. Seven plays. Break some big runs, a nine-yard run, a 32-yard run, a six-yard run, a touchdown. The Jets then do put together a decent drive. Zach gets going a little bit. They you know, have a couple successful run plays, but a lot of it's Zach. Unfortunately, the drive kind of stalls out, and Matt Amendola misses a 48-yard field goal. The, Jet, the Jets' defense then has its best drive of the first half, which is an eight-play drive that ends in a Patriots field goal. So it's 17 nothing. And, you know, the game's pretty much done at this point. Then the Jets do put together a touchdown drive, and it's on the sequence where Zach gets hurt because on the play where he gets injured, the Jets draw a pass interference penalty that puts the ball on the New England two-yard line. And a couple of plays later, Mike White's in, and, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He throws an absolute duck to Corey Davis and to double coverage that somehow Davis catches. So that was good. And the Jets were within 17 to 7 but of course the defense wasn't going to get a stop in this game oh there was no way the defense was going to get a stop in this game so right after the Jets score and listen Zach's out of the game at this point so you know even though they just cut it to 10 it's probably not happening but they go down the field in 12 plays and it's 24-7 and then the Jets turn it over on downs they get stuffed on third and fourth and short they run the ball up the middle both times don't get anywhere then right before the half the Patriots put together a touchdown drive I mean there's a third and one play where Blake Cashman has a free shot at Mac Jones to deliver a tackle that's going to lose the Patriots yardage. It's third and one on the 35. Blake Cashman has a free shot at Mac Jones. He whiffs and the pass is incomplete, but the Patriots are able to go for it on fourth down and pick it up and they eventually score a touchdown. It's 31-7 at halftime. If Cashman makes that tackle, it's fourth and long and the Patriots are out of field goal range. So the Jets actually would have gotten a defensive stop in the first half, but it was not meant to be. It's 31-7 at halftime, and it's pretty much over from that point. The Jets do put together a touchdown drive on the first series of the second half, and it's capped by Elijah Moore on an end-around, a 19-yard touchdown run. Elijah Moore only got the ball twice in space in yesterday's game. It did something with the ball both times. It had a nice first down uh, play where he caught a pass from Zach Wilson. It was kind of a smoke route. We'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. But... Patriots drove right down the field again, a nine-play field goal drive, and they kept running all these trick plays. They must have run three or four plays where they had laterals, including that one touchdown uh, with Bourne to Aguilar on the first series, and White just started throwing interceptions. You know, early in the game, White hit a couple of short passes. He got into a little bit of a rhythm, hitting what I guess Sal and LaFleur would call the layups, the short passes where you have a easy completion to an outlet receiver, the kind they did not use in Zach's first series when they kept running the ball with two tight end sets. But you could see, I mean, White's passes were very labored in this game. You could see there's pretty much no arm talent with this guy. I mean, anything beyond two yards of scrimmage is an adventure with him. 
and he eventually did throw a couple of interceptions. And the Patriots just kept tacking on points. I mean, they did not let up on the Jets. They kept throwing the ball. And eventually this game got to 54-13. It was brutal for the Jets. I mean, this was just... It was not the worst Jets performance I've seen in recent years. And that's a commentary on how bad the Jets have been in the last decade or so. But this was just brutal. I mean, this was a game that Jets were never in. This was the this was like a 2020 Jets kind of game. This was brutal it was it was just unwatchable football by the Jets and somehow I watched it till the end and if you watched it anywhere close to the end I have a lot of respect for you because this was not a game any fans should be subjected to and if you were watching I hope you had some sort of second screen so maybe you could monitor another NFL game or two and maybe follow some of your fantasy players to see if they were doing better than the Jets were if you were like that I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. I'm not going to lie. This is probably a tough listen today because we are recapping a dreadful Jets performance. They lost yesterday to the Patriots 54-13. to I think sometimes in the NFL, coaching staffs get too much blame when things go wrong because ultimately it is a player's league. Now, I do think in football, coaches make a bigger difference than they do in any other sport, but there's only so much they can do. If you don't have good players, your team's not really going to do very well. And through the first five games of the season, I think the coaching staff got too much grief. The Jets' issue right now is that they're in the beginning of a rebuild, which means that the roster's still not very good. You hope it's improving, but it's still not very good. And I think part of the reason fans blame coaches too much is out of optimism, because Think about it this way. If your team's not good enough, there's really nothing that can fix what's wrong. But if your coaches are making mistakes, then it is fixable. All they have to do is stop making mistakes, make better moves. I'm not saying the coaches were perfect through the first five games, but I think they got too high a proportion of the blame. This was just a dreadful coaching performance. I mean, first of all, when your team comes out and loses by 41 in their first game after a bye... You had two weeks to prepare. This is always a test of a coaching staff. How do you do when you have extra time? Jets failed this test. But beyond that, I mean, there are tangible things you can point to. And I talked about LaFleur. First series of the game. Instead of giving Zach something easy, they put Zach in a virtually impossible situation. They put him in the third and long. And when you run the ball twice, you're probably going to give your quarterback a third down early in the game. Just awful. But I also go back to Elijah Moore, who really has not done much this year. And we've been wondering how much of it is him, how much has it been Zach, how much has it been coach, coaching. Well, twice he got the ball in space. Both times he made plays. Why aren't they manufacturing more touches for him? In fact, the one play he made that wasn't the touchdown, the pass I was telling you about that Zach threw to him, I don't think it was called for him. I think what happened is it was what's known as a smoke route, which is the play is a run play. Jets are getting ready to run the ball, and the quarterback notices, hey, the corner is giving my receiver too much cushion. Let me throw it out to my receiver. That's what it looked like to me. So of the two times the Jets actually figured out a way to manufacture a touch for more, 
One of them wasn't even a call. One of them was just Zach Wilson being smart and seeing it. You got to get your playmakers involved. I mean, what's this offense done so well that you're sticking with things that aren't working? And by the way, those first two runs, both double tight end sets. I mean, come on. Does Mike LaFleur not realize these tight ends are bad, that he can't keep using double tight end sets? Come on, Mike. And let's go to the defensive side of the ball. C.J. Mosley misses this game with a hamstring injury. He suffered against Atlanta. And, you know, listen, it's not his fault. I'm not mad at C.J. Mosley, but facts are facts. This has been a brutal contract in terms of value. He's in his third season with the Jets. He's played seven games. He's missed He's missed practically every game. And again, it's not his fault. It's not his fault he gets hurt. I don't blame him for opting out last year. No problem with that. But the fact of the matter is the Jets are just getting no value from this contract. But the Jets could pound this issue. And listen, losing Mosley is an issue because you have so many young players on this defense. He's been good at making sure everybody's lined up. He's a good veteran leader on a very young team. But beyond that, Jamie and Sherwood replaces him as Mike Linebacker, a guy who's a converted college safety, 216 pounds, at Mike Linebacker. How does that make sense? And listen, I've heard the Jets get criticized because they're drafting guys in the late rounds who are safeties, converting them to linebacker. I don't agree with that criticism in theory because there's something to be said for getting faster at linebacker, something to be said for getting better in coverage at linebacker. The NFL is obviously a passing league safeties tend to be better cover guys than linebackers so if you put a safety at linebacker you may be improving in coverage although Sherwood did have a hiccup in coverage but to put it at Mike linebacker especially against this opponent which is perfectly content to take what the defense gives them I mean essentially what you're doing is you're putting when you're putting Sherwood out there at linebacker and you have your slot corner on the field you're essentially playing dime when the Patriots are going to power formations or nickel when the Patriots are going to power formations it's worse than nickel because in nickel or dime, the defensive backs are usually on the outside. So there are perimeter guys who are more going sideline to sideline. They're more going laterally. Whereas when you're putting Sherwood at Mike linebacker, he's in the middle of the field where all the big guys are. I mean, they're perfectly happy to run the ball and use their offensive lineman to block a 216-pound safety. you got to think these things through. And Mac Jones, listen, Mac Jones is capable of hitting a deep ball. We saw that last year at Alabama. We saw that a couple times against Dallas last week. I'm not saying Mac Jones is incapable of hitting a deep ball, but we know what Mac Jones likes to do. Mac Jones likes to, to distribute the ball short. And I get that the Jets have issues at corner. And I get that they want to play Ben, but don't break on defense. But against this opponent, especially when he's lighting it up the way he was, over 300 yards in this game, at some point you got to challenge these receivers when Jones is picking you apart short. you got to be willing to play press at some point. I, mean, it's, I understand you want to do what you do well, but you also have to consider how you're going to make the other team uncomfortable. Force these receivers to beat you. Force Mac to throw the ball over the top. And on top of that, I mean, how deep are these guys dropping these linebackers, these corners, these safety? How deep are they making these zone drops on the second level? It's like they're dropping 10 to 15 yards on every play. You want to know why the Jets can't defend a screen? The other team doesn't have to block them because their defenders drop so far behind the play that pretty much they have open field when they dump it off to a running back. Or they throw a short screen pass to a receiver. I mean, at some point, you have to make an adjustment schematically. I understand, but, but don't break. You keep everybody deep, keep things in front of you. But they took it to such an extreme. And by the way, it wasn't working in this game. It wasn't. And the other issue is that the Jets just executed terribly. And I mean, I look at the defensive line. I thought the defensive line had a terrible game. Now, part of this may have been because you have Sherwood at Mike Linebacker 
the defensive lineman in the game plan might have been forced to maybe hold the point of attack a little bit more. You know, you don't want the, the lineman to get out to be able to block this 216-pound safety, so their job is to tie up the offensive lineman instead of penetrating. Well, it didn't work very well. And ultimately, if you're putting all these elements together with a, a tiny linebacker and a defensive line that's not going to get to the quarterback and dropping everybody deep, I mean, these pieces don't add up. These pieces add up to what you saw. And the Jets gave up 54 points in this game. So it's not like they bent but did not break. They broke. Oh, they broke a lot. I go back to and I go to coaching. And listen, the players do not deserve to be let off the hook. It was a miserable performance by the players, and they have to own this as well. This was a team-wide effort. So I'm maybe singling out the coaches here. I don't want to let the players off the hook because there are very few players who can look in the mirror after that game, I think, and say that they did everything they could. And I wonder about preparation. I really do. I hate to question preparation, but a performance like that, when you had two weeks to get ready, when you had two weeks to think, everybody on that team had two weeks to think about, how do I improve? What have I been doing wrong? How do I fix it? It starts with the coaches. I put a lot of the blame on the coaches for this one, but it also goes to the players. There were not many players who executed very well in this game. Ultimately, you know, on offense, you have Mike White at quarterback, and that's because Joe Douglas did an absolutely abysmal job this offseason. We talked about it leading up to the season, and it may come back to really hurt the Jets now. He just acted like backup quarterback did not matter, and that hurt the offense. But you know what else hurt the offense before any of that happened? The fact that Zach Wilson, before he even had a chance to do anything, was down 14 nothing. and part of that's on the defense, but part of that's on Mike LaFleur beginning the game with two runs with two tight end sets. Zach had one opportunity to throw, and he took a sack. So before Zach's throwing his first pass, he's down 14 you know, They did not do a good job easing Zach into the game. Again, bad job up front. I don't think the offensive line played very well. There are very few players on this team who can say that they played well, but the approach was just really, really puzzling to me. I don't, I don't get what the Jets were doing in this game, and a lot of that has to go to the coaches. Now, not much upside in the way the Jets performed yesterday, but I do want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and that's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll get a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't f- pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Again, that's the free GetUpside app, promo code TOUCHDOWN. And after a performance like that, you may want to cheer yourself up, so why not buy some Built Bars? Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and if you haven't tried one yet, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. And not only are Built Bars delicious, but they're low-calorie, cal- low low-carb, low-sugar, low-fat, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious. And another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many great flavors you can try, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And this month... Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. 
Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, this promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D number one, number five. For 15% off at built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. Locked on Jets podcast on this Monday. Today we await word on Zach Wilson's injury status. The Jets quarterback left yesterday's loss to the Patriots in the first half and did not return after taking two, shall we call them, questionable borderline hits. We'll know more about Zach's status today, and I'm sure that will be the focus of tomorrow's episode of Locked on Jets. And by the way, if you're new to the show, this is a daily podcast covering the Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday through the week. So welcome, and I hope you'll be a regular listener This season's all about progress for the Jets. And in some ways, that will be shown by the win-loss record, but not entirely. Listen, there are excuses for the Jets to not be a good team this year. When you talk about how young they are, when you talk about where they are in their build, this is still the beginning stages of a rebuild. When you talk about key injuries, a team at the beginning stages of its build is not going to have the depth to be able to withstand injuries to... Players like your best pass rusher, Carl Lawson, or your left tackle, Makai Becton. Listen, there are plenty of excuses for the Jets to not have a winning record this year. There are plenty of excuses for the Jets to not make the playoffs. In fact, neither of those were particularly reasonable expectations at the beginning of the year for a team coming off a 2-14 and season for a team with this kind of youth. So it's not about whether the Jets are winning or losing frequently. It's about progress. And a game like that, makes it very difficult to argue progress. You cannot give the Jets a blanket excuse for everything that goes wrong this year. There actually do need to be things you point to where you say, okay, this is getting better. And I think there were a few through the first five games of the season, but the big thing for me is the team needs to improve along the way. And I mentioned this last week that after the bye, this is kind of the next stage of the season where all right, I understand you get off to a slow start. I understand there are all these new pieces. I understand that players are young. Now you've had two weeks to assess. Not only have you had two weeks to assess, you had two weeks to prepare for the Patriots. Listen, going up to Foxborough is not easy. I understand the Patriots entered two and four. It's a team that's not as bad as its two and four record. It's obviously very well coached. They have one of the great coaches of all time, the greatest coach of his era, Bill Belichick. But you have to look prepared. You have to look cohesive. You have to at least make the Patriots work for a victory. That was a laugher. It was embarrassing. I I can't get over how bad the Jets looked in that. There's no way you can put a positive spin on that performance. Again, the Jets don't have a blanket excuse. The Jets have an excuse for some things this year, but you can't just excuse away everything. That's the thing bad teams always do. It's the thing the Jets have done for years. The Jets have said, well, we're rebuilding, so we should not be held to any standards. No, the Jets should not be held to playoff standards this year. The Jets should not be held to winning season standards this year, but the Jets certainly should be held to standards that losing by 40-plus points is unacceptable. And when that 40-plus point loss happens off your bye, you wonder what's going on. This is going to be a difficult week for the Jets because there are going to be plenty of questions. And listen, everything changes if we get bad injury news on Zach today. You just hope that Zach is not injured badly you hope he's not going to miss extensive time first of all because I mean based on what we saw from Mike White in this game I'm not sure the Jets can win a game with Mike White as their quarterback I'm not convinced the Jets can win a game with Josh Johnson as their quarterback I'm not convinced that if the Jets cut Mike White or Josh Johnson that they would even be picked up by another team even on a practice squad but beyond that 
this season again is about progress and the most important progress is Zach Wilson so we'll wait and we'll hope for better news but listen beyond Zach this was just a performance that makes you wonder what's going on in this organization it makes you wonder what's been going on the last couple of weeks because this was a team that was totally unprepared it was a team that looked like they had no idea what they were doing strategically it looked like the players were not focused the way they should have been it just looked like a total mess it looked like the 2020 jets all over again it looked like the jets we've seen for so many years on so many losing seasons i cannot tell you how dismayed i was by that performance Listen, I try and be optimistic about the team's future. I think things can get better, but my goodness, a performance like that, if I'm telling you anything positive about that, if I'm trying to put a positive spin on any of that, I'm lying. And I don't think anybody should be willing to put up with that. That's the type of performance where you demand better from your football team. Unacceptable, just horrific, embarrassing, disgraceful. We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, in the days ahead. But that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review. Have a good Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets and presumably discuss Zach Wilson's injury status.